The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens, everyone. It is so great to have you here with us today. Thank you, thank you for listening and sharing all of this with your friends and family members. And it's important because I often say we, when somebody asks me, you know, tell me about your show, if I'm out doing a media event somewhere in the country or whatever, they'll say, describe it. I'll say, well, first of all, it's blending business and politics which we know intersect. We know that policy drives business and business drives policy. They're not separate. So we had to start dealing with that influence on either side of that equation. But the other thing people ask me about is, you know, describe your show. And I say, well, you know, it's really about bridging the, what we call terrestrial, it's a hard word, radio with this podcasting world. I was talking with somebody yesterday and said, you know, you know, because we were frustrated that, you know, mainstream media doesn't cover some of the things that people need to know. They have a right to know. And mainstream media is negligent in their duties. They're derelict in their duties as media operations to make sure that we, the people know what the heck is going on really. And so, I see what I do here as the opportunity to bridge that gap, to give people who would otherwise probably not find, you know, X-22 or Scott McKay, the Patriot Street Fighter, or, you know, Clay Clark, um, you know, wouldn't find these people otherwise. They wouldn't necessarily land on their page. Or if you did, you might say, I don't know, who is this yucca puck? You know, how do I trust this person? How do I know that what they're saying has integrity and truth? So I try to bring that information to an audience that otherwise may not hear this stuff. So it's really, really important that you're here, you're listening. And I know so many of you are weekly listeners, and I really appreciate you. I just wanted to start by saying that because without you, we're we're missing the opportunity, frankly, because we're partners in this, to get the information out to a sect of people who would otherwise not learn about the uh, – the crisis of the food supply or, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, when Putin was going to invade, we had Dr. Peter Pry on two weeks before and he said, yeah, Putin's going to invade. Well, he was right. (laughs) And you heard it here. So they weren't talking about that necessarily in mainstream media uh, on, on the channel, certainly not, you know, as they say, MSDNC or CNN or, you know, even ABC, CBS, whatever. And I just want to say one more thing about this, and I'm going to introduce my guest. But the this idea of the view, I mean, why are these people still on air? Truly, so they they are nasty. I mean, really nasty. And the way they, you know, they invited DeSantis to come on, and he said, "Yeah, no thanks." I agree with him. I wouldn't have gone on either. I mean, why go to a firing squad? Make them come for you. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what they are. They they take people down in the most nasty, egregious way. And then they call us, Trumpsters, you know, the evil ones. I mean, really, this it doesn't get more screwed up than that. So, so really, 
I think it's important for us to be discerning. You know, that's a a word I've really come to learn and appreciate and understand at a whole new level is that we have to be discerning right now. Who can we trust? What can we trust? What information is truth and what information is not? And, you know, hopefully we always give you truth here. Do I sometimes maybe get misinformation? Absolutely. I try to sort and sift through it. But, you know, you're always welcome to reach out to me at Jennifer at charltoncommunications.com on my email and say, hey, Jen, something ain't right here. Okay? Jennifer at charltoncommunications.com and follow me on Facebook. They shadow ban me. So, you know, you really got to dig into my page because they're not going to send it to you. So that being said, I want to also let you know that this show has been a passion of mine, and I thank the opportunity of WFMD to be here. And we have started a uh, Give, Send, Go page that will allow you to contribute to the success of this show in whatever way works for you, and that is GiveSendGo.com. Donate, success happens. Okay? So we're out there fighting the fight. I've traveled nationally now. I'm looking. I've been invited as media, which is a really big deal, to go to the Mike Lindell Truth Summit in Missouri. So a lot of people aren't invited. So it's a big deal that I've had the opportunity to meet some really great people who trust in me that that it's worth to have me be there. So I'm trying to work it out in my schedule to go. But the point is these all cost money. The Clay Clark event uh, that I recently did in Virginia Beach was amazing. And the information and the context I made, amazing. Uh, so we appreciate your support by listening. We appreciate your support by contributing if and when you can. And thank you so much for being here. Okay, so I would like to welcome to our show a, a young lady from Harford County who has been um, a patriot is a patriot. It's not a past tense. It's a present tense. And who is really fighting for our freedoms and the honesty of the vote. Okay. I heard somebody recently say the big lie. They called it the big lie. Is it the big lie that, uh, well, what big lie are they referring to? Is it a big lie that the 2020 election was sabotaged? I mean, really. So we know we have the evidence. We've seen it. The, the data is out there. We've had Dr. Frank on. You know what you know. So now it's not a big lie. It's not a conspiracy theory. You know, by the way, conspiracies happen. So let's be super duper clear. Conspiracies happen. They happen all the time. People collude. They do bad things. They're criminals. And they lie. So so this is not a new phenomenon. It's not something that only happens to Trump. It's not that. Okay? Human beings do these things. So I said to you four years ago, we have to restore integrity to our country. We have to restore integrity in our relationships and in our businesses. And that's what's sorting out. You know, God always has a plan. So, you know, this idea of, of returning us to a country of prosperity and peace starts with you have to operate with integrity in everything you do. And frankly, as I see it now, given everything I've learned as a nation, it starts with have an honest election. It starts there. Because if you don't, you have crooks running the kingdom, so to speak. So good morning, Dale, and welcome to Success Happens. It's great to have you with us. 
Good morning, Jen. Thank you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Just setting her mic. So, um, you know, it's tell us a little bit about your story, what you're willing and able to share about your background. And listen, some of this, you guys, I want to just say this. There are people who would like to come on, but they're afraid. They're afraid of the ramifications, repercussions, retaliation that are happening out there. So while people are saying nasty things about Trumpers, they're the ones who are costing us in our businesses, in our restaurants, at dinner, in our, you know, uh, in, in our everyday lives. So make no mistake, they're trying to intimidate you and me to not say stuff. That's the truth. Because they don't want to be found out. And they live like cockroaches. In Sweden, we call it kakalaka. They live in the shadows. Okay? So... Welcome, Dale. I'm, I, I'm really excited to have you here. What can you share about your journey uh, that brought you to this stage right now to talk about election integrity and, and frankly, let's call it election fraud because we know it occurred? Well, let's see. Um, my background um, in elections, I worked uh, in the Harford County Board of Elections as their deputy director for about 13 years. Um, and um, I lost that job in 2018. Um, and why I, did you lose your job? Can um, you speak about that? If you can, I well, understand. The only thing I can say at this point is that um, it was a wrongful termination and I'm still fighting it. So, Got that. okay. Yeah. All right. Good um, luck to you on that. Okay. Thank continue. you. So, I met um, uh, someone that um, uh, was involved with We the People of Maryland. Um, a couple of years ago, I guess. Um, and they invited me to a meeting. Uh, and I went and it was interesting and I enjoyed all of the information that they had to share. A lot of people there, which was really interesting. So, um, I went back a couple months later, I guess I went to a couple meetings and got to know some of the people. Um, they started breaking things up into groups, um, for people who were interested in elections, interested in the, um, uh, stuff that's going on in the schools, county council. So they were kind of breaking things up into interest, um, areas, which was good. Um, and they asked me if I would, coordinate and organize their election integrity group. They wanted to do a canvas of Harford County to get information about the 2020 election. Explain to people what you mean by canvas. Canvassing, we did door-to-door canvas, which means we went to neighborhoods and precincts and actually went to people's doors to talk with them about their experience with the election in 2020. We didn't really care about who they voted for, anything like that. We were just interested to find out if, number one, the people on our list lived at the address that the list said they lived at, if they voted, um, how they voted, did they vote on election day, did they vote early, by mail. Those were the types of questions we asked them. Um, We also asked if there were any other uh, people who lived at the house that were registered to vote, 
Um, it was interesting that we found a lot of people said that the people that were on our list were not residents of those addresses. Did um, they ever hear of those people before? Uh, some of them, no, not at all. Uh, some of them, yes, because they were relatives or um, people who were renting and they moved on. Uh, there were a lot of people who had moved prior to the 2020 election, but they still voted. Uh, in Maryland in 2020. So that was interesting, too. Um, Let me stop you on that. Mm -hmm. So everybody, remember the show with Dr. Doug Frank. If you can, go back and pull down that podcast to be reminded what he said about that. So the idea of these voter rolls being, we'll call it dirty, before the election allows them to use those votes because in the ERIC system, they know who has not voted and who has voted in real time, moment to moment to moment. So somebody who hasn't voted can be used to vote in a particular way by whoever's the bad guy doing this and or bad lady. And uh, and then after the election, they go in and they delete a lot of the dirty voter rolls. Well, why were why wasn't it done before the vote? The, because they're using them to steal the votes, elections, and the outcomes. So go ahead. Yes, um, I recently went to a Dr. Frank uh, event um, that the Baltimore um, Republican Women's Group put on a couple weeks ago. It was fascinating. I had never met Dr. Frank, so that was really exciting. Um, and he said that. And it, he showed us charts where, in Maryland... Uh, the voter rolls go up right before the election, and then all of a sudden they start going down after the election. That's a curious thing. In Harford County, um, what was found was that for the 2020 election, we had a 35% increase in Democrat voters. And when I saw that, that was I've never, ever seen a number like that for anybody. Well, let's stop. So Harford is typically a Republican jurisdiction, correct? correct? Correct. So, of course, what they're trying to do is delude the vote. It makes sense they would go after the Republican jurisdictions. So in the 2020 election, the four primary, and we know it happened across the state, but the four primary uh, uh, jurisdictions within Maryland they went after were, right, wait for it, Harford, Frederick County, Carroll County, and Anne Arundel County. Correct. They didn't go after PG County. (laughs) They didn't go after Montgomery County. They didn't go after Baltimore City. Well, that's already a mess. But they did go after the four top or very strongholds for, for, so they're trying to dilute the vote. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. And that, that should have been a huge scarlet red flag to everybody out there, um, it um, it was a huge red flag to me. I, what I did, one of my jobs when I worked at the Board of Elections, uh, I was operations. So I took care of the elections. I took care of ordering ballots and making sure the precincts had all their equipment and hiring judges and all of those things uh, in terms of operation of elections. And I'm sorry. So were you ever told how to hire a judge or what type of judge to hire or that someone should be a particular leaning or anything like that? No, no. Okay, gotcha. Mm -mm, Okay. Um, We uh, tried to make sure that every precinct uh, had a um, as close a complement of even numbers of Republican and Democrat judges as possible. 
Um, and of course, you know, we always had independents that would come, and that's great too. Everybody, it's great when people want to get involved in okay, elections. Okay, so uh, let me help. I'm just going to say something. You don't have to respond because I know you've got an issue right now, legal, that you're dealing with. But you were wrongfully terminated in 2018, two years prior to the 2020 election, in which time apparently a substantial change occurred in the way elections are processed, held, and um, orchestrated in Harford County. Is that accurate? Um, I think across the board, not just Harford County. Right, I think but across the point the being, state. your journey is, you know, if they've got somebody in there who's got integrity, back to integrity, guys, and you, they're kind of in the way of you doing something nefarious, what are they going to do? They can get you out of there. So, continue. So, um, where was I? Um, talking about operations of elections. So, the 35% spike... There's been no, no candidate ever that had a 35% spike, ever. Not Obama, not Trump, no one. Uh, that's an enormous amount of new voters that had to have come into the system um, right before a big election like that. And that's so statistical, statistically improbable. It is. It right. truly is. So that was one thing that's really sparked my interest about looking into some of this stuff. So when we started to do our canvas, um, we did it in teams, uh, which was great. Um, Everybody um, got really good information. um, And we put it all together in a summary. Um, We ended up uh, going and and doing a press release about it. Uh, And we had two women um, who really went an extra mile in that they took this information to the board, Harford County Board of Elections. They presented it to them. And what did the Harford County Board of Elections say? They gave them one minute each to present an enormous amount of data, which was really impossible for them to do. <laughs> but they And make their case. And make their case. And they did not take their information. Okay, on that note, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. What I want you to ponder while you're listening to these great commercials is I want you to consider that election fraud happens. We'll be Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com, a service of Holtzapel Heating and Air Conditioning. Good morning and welcome back to Success Happens. It's great to have you with us. And uh, we're speaking with Dale, who is from Harford County. She drove all the way down from Harford County to speak to all of us about her experience and uh, witnessing, frankly, of what's occurred in Hartford County. Before the break, we were speaking about the testimonies, and they gave you one minute each to present a whole bunch of data, which is absolutely impossible, and they knew it. I mean, they're actually obstructing justice. You heard it here. Okay? I mean, that's ridiculous. So go ahead, please. So the two women, Don Villani and Janice Katsu, uh, spoke at the Board of Elections uh, meeting. Um, and 
like I said, they were given one minute. Um, they didn't get everything done, obviously, because they had a lot of data that they did want to share. The board did not have their data in front of them, although they had dropped it off to the office 48 hours ahead of time as they were instructed to do. But the board had nothing to look at while they were giving their presentation. Why didn't they have their homework? I mean, these people are on this job. Are they paid people or are they just elected officials who have the privilege of running our elections for us? Boards, uh, the boards of elections are appointed by the governor. Yes. And do they do they get paid? They get a stipend. Okay, so they're paid to do a job. Appointed by the governor. I don't know if that's a compliment. But anyway, the the idea that um, they have a job to do and they're standing in the way of the truth coming out and they don't bother to have the data that you all presented to them 48 hours in advance in front of them. Those people all should be removed from that board. Go ahead. Well, um, uh, so anyway, the... The information was dropped off at the office. The board did not get it prior to the meeting. Um, And after that meeting, we decided that it might be a good idea to do a FOIA request because we knew September was looming. And that is when that's going to be the National Shred Day when everybody gets rid of their 2020 um, election data. You mean what's left of it? They've already started disposing of it (laughs) illegally in some jurisdictions. Yes, across the country that we've been hearing that it's happening. So we did do a FOIA request. And at the time of that request, the uh, Janice had uh, taken it to the office. Um, I think it was that day or the next day she was told that she and Dawn could not be election judges. They had been to training. Um, they had passed their training. And, and what was um, the justification for that? <sighs> Sounds I, like discrimination to me. <laughs> the justification that they received in an email was that there was something that was observed in training class to make the director decide not to have them as election judges. But it was quite serendipitous that all this happened right after <laughs> the meeting that they went to the board with all of this data. So let's let's be clear. So the, and that was an election board member. The board decided they couldn't be. No, the director of the election office in that in Harford in County. Harford County. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So, guys, the way this rolls downhill is you got this Linda Loman, right? Loman. Linda Lamone. Lamone yes. in Annapolis, who's been there way too long and needs to go. She was appointed by Glenn Denning. Glenn Denning, yes. who had his issues. So so now we have this woman who's archaic running our board of elections. And oh, by the way, all of those instructions roll downhill to the local boards of elections. Is that accurate? That's correct. Okay. So they are puppets of Linda Lamone. And then they come in and they say, you can't have one but one minute. Oh, by the way, I don't have my homework in front of me. I have no idea what you're talking about. I haven't got the paperwork in front of me. And oh, by the way, now, because you stood in front of me, retribution occurs and you are no longer allowed to participate in your opportunity to make a difference in the election process. That is disgusting. Yeah, that was um, very disconcerting to me and, of course, the ladies 
Well, as well, I mean, that's disgusting. And this is what I'm saying. We need to put these boards of elections. We need to go in like we are with these boards of education and clean house. They got to go. They're corrupt. They're standing in the way of justice. They are not prepared. They are abusing their office. It's disgusting. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. I'd like to take a break for our sponsors. I'd like to thank Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Dianovich and Associates. And I also want to give a shout out to the vacuum store on the Golden Mile. Those guys rock. They are awesome. They have been so helpful with all my different machines, getting them operational. Just really want to thank you guys for doing great work over all these years. I always can trust that you do honest work for a great price. We'll be right back. The program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Dale, who has driven all the way down from Hartford County to tell us the reality of what's been going on in their elections, which I think is probably, you know, um, similar to what's been going on across the state in various ways. So, Linda, what, I mean, Dale, I want you to share with us, if you would, I have Linda Lamone on my brain. Um, we, we have to figure out how to have Linda Lamone be retired from service. Thank you very much. You're done here. So, one, and I'm going to look into that because apparently she's untouchable. But nobody in government can be untouchable. Not Linda Lamone and not Dr. Fauci. They can't be untouchable. Because if you or I did what they did, we'd be gone. So it's outrageous that this is continuing to fester. So I want to go to some of the statistics that you said you brought with you that I think people will be interested in. Because data you know, doesn't lie, we say. However, some people can twist and manipulate it to tell a story. Let's see what you've got here. So uh, the data that I have is based on uh, state of Maryland voter registration rules. So this isn't something someone made up. They got this information directly from the state. So post vote post-registration means people who voted... November the 3rd, 2020 election, but they registered after November the 3rd, 2020. And statewide, that number is 13,032 people. Okay, so hold on. Let me wrap my head around what you just said. They registered to vote and their vote counted after the cutoff for the elections. Correct. Now, here's my problem with that. Okay, now I'm really going to get ticked. Okay, so I'm on my eye horse. Ready? We went and tried to register my father-in-law to vote. Couldn't get an appointment at DMV because they're appointment only. 90% of your registrations come in, I think, from DMV. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so here they are not letting a little old man who just wants to do his duty, his patriotic duty, and vote. Not letting him do so. Three, four weeks prior to the election. But they're going to add these people after the election and count their vote? I'm outraged. That's what happened. In Hartford County, there were, out of that number, that 13,000 number in Hartford County, it was 627 people who voted on the 3rd of 2020 
but registered after the 3rd of 2020. That really is a little odd. That's something that needs to be addressed and looked at. Um, then, oh, hold on. I'd like to mm-hmm. dig in. So 627 votes of the 13,000 were actually used. You sure none of the other 13,000 were used? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't understand. So you said 13,000 <clears throat> votes came uh, voter registrations came in after November 3rd, which was beyond the date of the cutoff. That's illegal. Uh, But 627 of those actually voted. 627 of those were in Harford County. Right. So 13,000 all across the state. Now I'm straight. See, this is very confusing. So we have to really dig into that. Okay. 627 in Harford County. Now, question. People think, well, what's 627? Some people lost by you know, a dozen votes. Exactly. So that 627, would it have made a difference in the outcome of the votes? It depends. In Harford County, for instance, just this past election, we had a, a gentleman who was running for an office. He lost by 11 votes. So 627 could make or break a local election very, very easily. So the guy who just lost... By 11 votes. Was he an America First candidate? Yes. There you have it. That's what they're doing. They're taking down America First candidates by just a hair. Getting their bad guy over the finish line by doing this kind of crap. It, it's outrageous. It makes you wonder. It, may, it does make you wonder. Okay, continue. So let's see, active uh, and voted, people who were active, registered voters and voted November the 3rd, 2020, and then became inactive in December of 2021. Now, when you... That's a long time. Well, it's not long enough for an, to become inactive. In order to be inactive, inactivated, you need to have not voted in two federal elections. So why would they deactivate them? It's a question. Uh, it's what a question that benefit? needs to be answered. What do they benefit? What advantage did they have by them going inactive? Let's really look at it. There's, to be honest with you, Jen, there's no advantage to or disadvantage to being an inactive person. You can still vote if you are on the voter rolls as inactive. You can still go to the polls and vote. You have to vote a, pro- well, you're supposed to vote a provisional ballot so that they can vet you after the election and during a canvas to make sure that you should be an active registered voter. But to take, okay, and here's the state number, 51,651 people who were active in November 3rd became inactive in December of 2021. That's that needs to be looked at. I don't know how that happens. So here's here is what they're doing, guys. They are padding the voter rolls before an election. And then they're cleaning up their mess, hopefully before anybody figures it out. In December 21, only wait for it to then destroy the evidence in September of 2022. You follow me? So I want to go back to these votes and these voter roll issues. 
these ballots are evidence. These aren't, this isn't just normal procedure to destroy paperwork. And oh, by the way, in today's world, put it on the cloud, okay? <laughs> we all do. We've all gone paperless, state of Maryland. You can handle this. I believe in you. So the idea that they can then destroy the evidence in September because they don't need the paper anymore is absurd. They make me keep my bank statements for seven years. It's evidence. It's evidence of voter fraud, and it needs to be kept beyond the September deadline to destroy it so that the bad guys don't get to go scot-free and pull it again in 2022, November, because they're getting ready to. Destroy it in September, do it again in November. This is how they roll. And we have to stop the nonsense. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Yeah, elections are not rocket science. You, t- they, they've tried to make elections as complicated as humanly possible. Um, I've never understood that. There are many things that the election offices have to do that make no sense, like keep a person. They have pending voters. Okay, they have a pending voter list. I always re I always thought it was kind of like being in purgatory. So you fill out an voter registration application and maybe you don't fill it out all the way. But then you are put in the voter roll as a pending voter. And you stay there until they get information from you to update your voter information. Now, why why would you do that? Why would you put people in the voter records and just, you know, really muck up the the whole amount, well, amount of voters? You cheat. You've got com- all these people that are um, listed in the Maryland voter records. That don't need to be there. Well, that's that's an you listen. I've managed databases for a nonprofit. I know what it is to dedupe and clean up and rectify. You know, uh, bad addresses and phone numbers, et cetera. It's not complicated, like you said. It's not rocket science, but you have to have an intention of having integrity in that database in order to do it. Correct. So I want to just we're wrapping up our time together, Dale. And I first of all, thank you so much for your service. I pray that your uh, your your dispute goes your way. The one last question I have for you is, in your professional opinion, how do we fix the election process going forward? Do we have do we have ballots? Do we have equipment? Do we have you know one man one or woman one vote one day, with the exception of the few that are out of country? serving our nation, thank you very much, or infirmed. So how do we get back to the basics? I am not a believer in these machines. I think they all should be removed and sent to the ash heap of, of you know, electronics. So what, what say you about that? Paper ballots, hand count. It's very There's simple. There's no reason why we can't do that. And every jurisdiction can count their own. Every jurisdiction. You know, I want to remind people, and we had it here. I had Stuart Harvey, who was the director of the election board in Frederick, 
years ago and and for the 2020, I said, you cannot count our ballots in Baltimore City. They were going to ship Frederick County votes to Baltimore City through the post office that's unionized and Democrat to to process our ballots. I said, you can't do that. You know what? They they didn't. (laughs) They heard me. Sometimes you got to scream loud enough for people to get it. <laughs> so listen, everybody, thank you. Thank you so much, Dale, for being welcome, here. Dan. God bless your work. Thank and, you. and really, don't give up the fight. It's worth it. We it's really not. worth it. We're not going to stop till we have integrity in our election process. Everybody, you're listening to Success Happens. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to bring on a very good friend of mine, and I'm excited to share with you an, uh, uh, an event we're going to be doing together. Uh, stay tuned for Keith Hansen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and it's great to have you here with us. And um, I just want to thank uh, my next guest for for uh, all he does across the country. Welcome to Success Happens, Keith Hansen. Jen, good morning, and uh, good morning from the floor of CPAC in Dallas. Isn't that exciting? I am so glad you're there. I wish I was standing beside you. We, Keith and I have done some podcasting together at CPAC and other events, and it's just really great to have gotten to know you, and, and I appreciate your patriotism and your hard work to bring out information and truth. And But I really want to talk to you. So first of all, give us a highlight from CPAC. What's something that really left an impression on you so far? Um, I, I got to be honest with you. I think probably the most uh, impactful moment, or I should say the most impactful uh, uh, speaker, perhaps, would be Brandon Straka, uh, one of the uh, January 6th defendants. He, he did a, a piece of performance art here uh, where he's got a – I'm actually standing in front of it right now. Uh, he's got a, a jail cell that's been built, uh, six feet by eight feet. Um, and he came out, and for 20 minutes he just sat in this jail cell in an orange jumpsuit um, and it, it, the, the messages that he was putting on a chalkboard is, you know, does anybody know we're here? Can anybody hear us? Talking about the people uh, who have been arrested for doing nothing more than being, uh, some people, being on the Capitol grounds. And yet they're languishing in federal detention facilities on misdemeanor charges with no foreseeable pathway out. And and, and mum is the word. Uh, is, in fact, Brandon took the, the stage yesterday with... Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, and unfortunately, Biggs just happened to be the politician that Brandon was sitting next to, so he got to be the pinata. But Brandon expressed, uh, very vocally expressed, uh, just just utter disgust at the fact that no members of the congressional delegation really have reached out to any of the J6 members to, to, to help them, to give them any material assistance, to, to help them navigate this really minefield of lawfare that the Department of Justice and the Biden administration is launching against not only him, but but them as well. There's there's you have people. There's three people to date uh, that have committed suicide uh, as in, in federal detention facilities. Two of whom are facing misdemeanor charges. People don't commit suicide while sitting in a prison on misdemeanor charges. But yet this January sixth debacle, which the media has really pumped up to be something that it, it wasn't, uh, it, it, it's 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 really horrifying. Well, and let me the say whole this, theme Keith. Of this is, is, are you next? Yeah, it Keith, could be. You, you know could what? Be the, next. That mainstream media has blood on their hands. Honest to God, they do. Oh, they have blood on their hands. And I, I really appreciate that you just shared that. I, I literally have tears in my eyes right now. It is heartbreaking. But we were just talking about election 
integrity, <laughs> election fraud. And this is an, a, an extreme example, everyone, of elections have consequences. Had Biden, had Biden and his cadre of people not done what they did to steal our local elections in Hartford County and Frederick County and Carroll County and all across our nation, Arizona, if they hadn't pulled it off, those people would be alive today and they and they the others wouldn't be rotting in a jail cell with no um, what is it due process. No due process, total suspension, and and the and the the ability for the Biden administration and the Biden DOJ to label these people as domestic terrorists and insurrectionists allows for the indefinite detention of these people. They have no idea when they're going to see their families. And you know, and and Brandon pointed out yesterday, there are some people who were at the Capitol building that engaged in riotous and destructive behavior. That's that's absolutely a fact. But for the vast majority of these people, they were simply there. They were simply present, and they started getting phone calls and knocks on the door from federal agencies, from the Marshal Service and from the FBI, and, the, you know, the, the rest is, is, you know, history in the making right now. But it, it's, it's just horrifying to think that you, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying you, Jen, you could be targeted because of what you think and what you put out into the public sphere. You could be next. I could be next. Any of your listeners could be next. It's just a matter of which individual that arrow happens to fall on when it spins around the dial. So this is called political persecution. And it's it is, is what it is. It's communism. It's, a, it's communism. It's the, declaration, it's the declaration of war on political opposition. And it's the use of the legal system to engage in that warfare. That's why it's lawfare. And once you're caught up in it, there's no getting out. Because they can outspend you, they can outweigh you, they outweigh you. Um, they, they have all the time and all the money and all the resources to be able to basically make you disappear. All because of your political leanings, because of you exercising your First Amendment right to express yourself and speak your mind and speak out against this communist satanic cabal that is in Washington, D.C. Well, I want to I want to stop on one note though because i think it's very important that we we leave people empowered because listen keith if it's not for you and me and many of the people at cpac and many of our colleagues across the nation who are standing up and speaking out and god bless people like dale and others who have the courage to come to us and say i want to tell my story i can't tell you the number of uh, doctors who are friends of mine where I've said, you must speak up, and they won't. They won't because the the medical boards are corrupt, just like the right. DOJ is corrupt. Yeah. And they don't want to lose their ability to earn a living. Right. People have to find their voice. First, they, you, if, if I mean, if you're whatever, whoever, whatever your maker happens to be, um, get right with your creator. Get right with God, first thing. Second thing is know what you stand for and know what you represent. And number three, find your voice and use it. We are in the greatest country in the world by virtue of the Constitution, that document that recognizes inherent rights, doesn't grant them, but recognizes and protects them. Use your voice. You have to. That's a great, great note to uh, move on to the next thing I want to talk with everybody about. But I want people to know your background because you were on – 
he's he's been on 40 stations across the country. Uh, he's a great radio show host. But you're also an expert trainer and marksman. Can you speak about your security background? And then let's talk about our event. We just have a, a couple of minutes left. Absolutely. So um, I've been in law enforcement since 1998, uh, starting in about 2002. Uh, kind of made the switch over to doing instruction. Uh, not the switch over, but started to add that to my my list of, of things that I did. So, uh, <clears throat> just started out as a as a as a basic pistol instructor uh, for the local department, uh, and from there that just graduated into now multiple federal certifications in tactical operations, active shooter response, and tactical counterterrorism uh, on a federal, state, and local level. So. Uh, now I, I don't patrol. Now I, I, I do. I wear two hats, basically. I, I, I say I'm a cross-dresser uh, because of those two hats. I've got uh, the, the media hat and I've got the law enforcement tactical operations training hat. So Wonderful. Which I'm very passionate about. Love them. Well, I'm very excited. You're coming down uh, from New England to be with us on the weekend of the 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st. On the 18th, we are doing the Mindset of the Empowered Woman. It is a four-women-only event, which I am super excited about. As people know, I was a the president of the local uh, county commission for women. I am committed to women feeling empowered and safe. Tell us about that event. So that is a it's a five hour program or that's four or five hours. I forget exactly what we modified it to, but uh, it's a four hour program that really teaches women uh, about first of all what the stages of a violent attack are, um, and and the types of interpersonal violence, and then how to recognize those, how to recognize when you're being set up to be a victim of a violent crime. Basically, it's a it's a dive inside the mind of a criminal predator. And understanding the tools and the psychological tactics that these people will use to make it easier for them to victimize women. And if you can recognize it, I mean, you, 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 you can't predict what you don't know. But if you know what the warning signs are and you know the types of behavior that criminal predators will engage in, it makes it a lot easier for you to say, whoa, wait a minute. You know what? This feels like I'm being set up for a crime and you can avoid this situation. This is not a self-defense class. We're not teaching people to go hands on with criminal predators. This is, a, this is a personal safety class. This is empowering women to be able to know a situation before that feminine intuition. Well, we're giving a lot of teeth to your feminine intuition. We're helping you to recognize that situation so you can avoid it. And avoidance is the best self-defense. I don't want you going hands-on with somebody. Because if you have to use self-defense, your personal safety plan has failed. So we're going to beef up that personal safety plan. We're going to empower you, and this is the kind of information that could very easily save your life. All right, tell them how they can register for the event, Keith. So they can, and I, I believe it's through your website. Um, I know you have the link there. Uh, they can go to uh, critical-dynamics.com, and uh, they just click on the Maryland link. They will see the uh, it, it, it's sorted also by state. So there's, there's a number have- of different ways that you can Everybody, we'll have that on the Total Fitness uh, at uh, South River website. We're coming up on top of the hour. Keith, we also are going to do a a wear and carry Maryland permit licensing class that Saturday and Sunday. And Keith is available uh, for private training. God bless you, Keith. We'll talk soon, everybody. You've been listening to Success Happens on Free Talk. News Radio 9. 